Do Good Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. I'm Pamela Escobar. In each Do Good Charlotte podcast, you will find out who's helping, who could use a helping hand, and just how you can spread around your own good. In this episode of Do Good Charlotte, we are going to meet the Chief Executive Officer of Girl Scouts Hornet's Nest. Girl Scouting builds girls of courage, confidence, and character who make the world a better place. And we'll inspire you to do Good Charlotte by the various ways you can get involved with Girl Scouts Hornet's Nest. Angela Woods, welcome to Do Good Charlotte. Thanks for having me. So, Angela, Girl Scouts have been around for a long time, but I don't want to assume that our audience actually knows what the Girl Scouts is. So we will we'll start off with the very basics in the okay. beginning, and then we'll go through the whole thing. Sure. But from what I understand, it was founded in 1912, mm-hmm. later in our area. Um, but let's talk about this. How do you guys develop these future leaders? Because that's the goal, right? Right. I, I think um, one of the things is to be always talking to the girls about what they're interested in. Um, But you know, when you think about leadership skills, there's a basic and and essential. So what we try to do is create an environment that are, that it's fun and safe and enjoyable for girls to express who they are because we believe that you can be a leader in anything. So if you decide you wanna be a CEO or a business owner or you are just, um, you're a stay at home mom or whatever you decide, uh, leadership skills are essential to every um, to every aspect of your life, and so we try to provide a broad variety of um, op- opportunities and experiences for girls all across this region. So they can discover where they want to go. Absolutely. But if they have that leadership, those uh, skills as a base, they can take that. Absolutely. Right. So talk about Hornet's Nest because. Um, I was surprised to see that it's not just Charlotte. So right. it's it's surrounding areas as well. Yes. And I don't actually live in Mecklenburg either. So okay. it was nice to see that. Um, so you're encompassing South Carolina as well. So 16,000 girls? Yeah, yeah, roughly that's um, girls and members. So that's okay. um, our girls and also the um, uh, adult members who are volunteers for our girls. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we encompass eight counties. So it's counties that you would think that surround Mecklenburg because so many people are traveling to and from uh, the area, um, Cabarrus, York County, which is in South Carolina, Montgomery, Anson, Union, um, Mecklenburg, Rowan, um, Rowan, Stanley. Stanley. Yeah. It's not a test, but yeah, yeah I was had to a, think about it's it. A, it's a lot. <laughs> um, and Anson, did I say Anson? You did. Okay, you did. Good. So let's let's assume people don't know anything about the Girl Scouts, right. um, or that they didn't have a sister, or mm-hmm. they never bought a box of cookies, mm-hmm. but everyone has. So we, we'll get there in a minute. But let's start first with troops. So daisies in kindergarten and then all the way through to ambassadors in high school. So these are um, activities and troops and organizations um, based on your age? Yes, actually, um, grade level. So we start from kindergarten and we go all the way to 12th grade. And so daisies are K through 2. Um, it goes brownies, juniors, um, uh, cadets, all the way through ambassadors. And so what we find is when we do um, programming, it's really targeted towards the grade level um, and um, the skill level of the girl, right? So in our daisies, our daisies usually when you think about daisies, they're always active. So you have to figure out things to keep their attention because you cannot lecture 
No. <laughs> and with daisies. Well, I have a seven-year-old. You, exactly. No you know way. my point. She's going to You've got to keep right. them entertained. You've got to make them, um, um, sometimes make them tired through activities. So we have lots of things that are t targeted towards them learning. But also, really, what we're really concerned about is making sure that girls from across this county meet somebody outside of their neighborhood and have some um, some common experiences together so that they're, we're, promoting, we're promoting diversity and inclusion um, without promoting diversity and inclusion because you get to meet people and build a bond of friendship across that. So that's really important for us. I, I love that, that there's that focus on community. Mm -hmm. And so you're building that community because the real world is not someone that lives on your street. That's the right. The real world is, you know, the community that you live in. So mm -hmm. that that's what they're focused on. So if I am a mom, but let's say other moms are listening and you think, oh, this is just a way for my kids to be involved. But you're saying your, you think of your members, your volunteers. Yeah, are, are those absolutely. People too. It's a, um, it's, it's also a neat way um, for for dads and daughters and moms and daughters and caregivers and daughters to be involved together because we need we are driven by volunteers. So when you talked about the troops, that's just those are all volunteer led. And so what that council does at Hornet's Nest is we provide uh, training, we provide materials, we provide material support, but it's all volunteer-led. So oftentimes when people get involved, it's a way to bond with their children, and they're doing activities together, um, and they're experiencing um, the growth, and they're also getting to meet uh, people that aren't like them, which is really important, I think. Yeah. So your mission says to build girls of courage, confidence, and character. So I think about when you guys started mm -hmm. in, in North Carolina, specifically in 1939. Mm -hmm. The world is very, very different. Very. Um, I think better for women, but we still have our mm -hmm. challenges. I know you're shaking your head. Mm -hmm. So how do you take those goals, those, that mission, and then adjust for the times? Yeah. Um, so I think what's really important for us as an organization is to know that we serve all girls, right? So if you have a certain set of political beliefs or don't have any political beliefs, or if you are from South Carolina, North Carolina, or if you're from um, um, a lower socioeconomic class, or, or if you're not, we don't really care. We just wanna make sure that, um, that we're culturally relevant and that the programs that we're delivering um, support the communities that we're in. Um, and I think it's also our responsibility to put the issues out there. So for, for girls um, who are in Girl Scouts 10 years ago, it's a very different world, mm -hmm. right? So we want to make sure that girls are involved in um, things like STEM, but we also want to make sure that our girls understand the political process, right? And, they, and what's happening in the, um, um, in the environment so that they can make the best decisions as they are going through um, life. And so we provide programming that addresses the whole girl. One of the things I think that um, has come up over, and particularly in our region, is the whole issue around mental health and self-esteem for girls. Yeah. Uh, we do a lot of partnering with um, organizations like the Mental Health of Central Carolinas to do first aid um, mental health um, training to our troop leaders and to our girls, because no matter where you live, um, there I would challenge anybody to say that they don't see uh, an issue with mental health issues in our elementary schools and our, our middle school, middle middle schools uh, across our country, and so we need to be prepared. Our girls need to be prepared, and our and our parents need to be prepared. So we see ourselves um, providing that conduit uh, for those issues that come up. Yeah, and I was going to say it's it's an it's outside of school. That's right. And so 
you know, school, your teacher maybe is your frontline person, mm -hmm. but let's be honest, you know, a classroom in, in public school, 37 kids or 35 kids, that's a lot of right. kids, boys, girls, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Troops are smaller than that, mm -hmm. usually, right? Right. So it's an opportunity for an adult of some kind to have mm -hmm. interaction with kids, and it's another safe person that they're learning these skills from. And I also think it's important that these, you know, you, you hear a lot of organizations that have um, multigender, uh, which are fine, but Girl Scouts is really about supporting girls, and it provides a safe space for girls to, um, to try things out without feeling like they are being judged. Um, it, it, it provides them a supportive atmosphere. And I think the statistics and studies have shown that oftentimes girls need that extra push um, for them to, 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 to build their self-esteem. Doesn't mean they, that they're not gonna be, they're not smart or anything like that, but what they do is provide a safe way for them to be able to express themselves that they might feel stymied in a, in a different environment. So, you know, um, this environment pre prepares them for the world, right? So it prepares them, it, it helps them with their self-esteem, it helps them be courageous, right? And it helps them to be able to, to grow and thrive in any environment. Um, and I think the fundamentals that Girl Scouts provide is, is a great way for them to be the start. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think it's nice, yes, the real world is boys and girls mm -hmm. and everybody else mixed together, but having a safe place, especially, so I'm, I, you know, I think of my little one mm -hmm. um, who's seven, but then my, old, my older one's 11, and you're starting to get into those preteen years and things. And so, um, yeah, at school, maybe they have that family life planning, but that's like a class. They're not talking about that stuff. Mm -hmm. But then to have a safe group where they can go and talk about their bodies, their, what they're feeling, how they're doing, it's nice to have an environment like that. And if you think about the, the whole social media um, oh, push yeah. of the last, I'd say 10, but really in the last five years, and it's just evolving so fast. And what girls are exposed to um, is so, that there's no filter. And so if we can provide um, training that keeps them off their phone and going out into, the, going out into nature, actually doing interaction, um, learning how to deal with people one-on-one -on -one rather through tech rather than through text. We think it's important to have social media. Don't get me wrong, but it's important to have you know social skills. And I, I you know a lot of teachers have said and a lot of parents have said that um, their children don't know how to spell or they don't know how to interact. And so what they see on social media is their reality. And so I think what Girl Scouts can provide is a kind of counterbalance to that. Um, and one of the things that we do in our outdoor leadership, which is our camp, is that we, we're very um, uh, strict about leaving the phones at home. Devices right? at home, yeah. So the girls are fine with it. It's just the parents. Yeah. <laughs> what are it's you talking true. about leaving my – I can't – just – and so – but what it allows people to do is – and if you see this in family time, it allows people to, to bond and to actually talk to one another and interact. And so – uh, that's we 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 want to provide that um, opportunity for girls to be if they're especially if it's their first time away from home for them to have a, a group of people that they can feel safe with and try new things with and so you know providing that um, filter but also talking to them honestly about what it is they're seeing and ha helping parents and helping families navigate through that right and having that dialogue and being comfortable well I saw this or this right. made me sad or this made me uncomfortable. Um, I st I've started that conversation because they do. They're ex my kids don't have devices, but they are. Mm -hmm. They, 
I say they don't have devices, but yet they have a computer and they have to do homework and they're on YouTube. So like and even their friends have devices, right? And <laughs> so, so they they're still being exposed to yeah. things. Um, and yes, if there's a kid at camp that has a phone everybody's mm -hmm. looking at that phone um, together. So yeah, it is helpful to do that. I did think that was what was cool about looking at the website and seeing how, yeah, you have camping and, and outdoor activities. But then there was also something like geocaching or yeah. something, which yeah. I was like, again, whew, over yeah. my head. But I think that's interesting mm -hmm. that you're teaching kids how to do cool stuff right. on the internet. Like, yeah. okay, you're going to look it's sort of like a scavenger hunt online mm -hmm. uh so all different activities that they can do that it's a, like it's productive right versus just it's interesting because when we look at our programming you know everything old is new again right so you know when the girl scouts you know back in the day um it was all about home economics and and cooking and sewing well guess what's fashionable right it's you know people are uh, we have so many fashion design shows, we have so many um, families that have gone back to growing their own food, cooking their own food. Mm -hmm. So we have um, lots of partnerships with organizations that teach girls how to garden, that teach um, the whole process of slow food, um, it, that, that we take girls not only through their own neighborhoods, but through the, the neighborhoods of central um, uh, Charlotte to, to have that that um, diverse experience from other countries and foods and, and cultures and, and that sort of thing. And if you think about, um, you know, we have girls who are quilting. And I huh. mean, if you think about that, you know, that's an, that's an old season skill, but it's very popular, right? But it's also community too, because Absolutely. you don't quilt by yourself. And so you're sitting in a circle and you're working together. And, and there's technology involved in that, right? Yeah. So, so we do everything from kind of the old school um, and then we infuse, uh, you know, uh, programs like cybersecurity, right? How do you teach your your um, your girls about the whole realm of technology? It's not just about coding. It's about sales. It's about cybersecurity. It's about artificial intelligence. All of those pieces and parts. And we're really fortunate to have a great partner with Bank of America and um, with Discovery Place and several other organizations that 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 know that um, area and are teaching our girls and are very excited about it. And they get to earn badges. So Yeah. Well, I was going to say the badges. So, like, do you have a tech badge? Is oh, there, yeah. like, a phone or what does it look like? Uh, <laughs> like so, so there's, like, so so the cool thing about it is they um, there's a huge, huge national push for STEM. They're doing a STEM pledge, and they hope to, to um, have at least 2 million girls um, in a pipeline for STEM in about 10 years. So they've come out with um, a whole series of cybersecurity badges. Um, and alongside that, they've come out with um, kind of public policy and social engagement badges as well. So yes, STEM, but also um, civically engage in your community, learn about what's happening in your community, advocate for what's important to you in your community. So there's a whole, there's a whole series from K to 12 in a series of badges for each of those things. Well, I'm sitting here thinking about some of the troubles that Silicon Valley and other people mm -hmm. are having. And I, this is just me, my perspective is mm -hmm. I think part of the problem is that there's not enough women at the table. No question. And so if you have women at the table mm -hmm. who know all this stuff, they will change the world that they're in. And so, yes, there, we need more opportunities for female engineers, I mean, technology, specialists, anything that they can do. But if they're at the table, they, they can, um, they'll have a say. And uh, so you're, you're developing those future leaders. Right. One of the things that one of my board members said, who works for Duke Energy, um, she's an engineer. And she said that we often get um, really, really smart um, 
uh, innovative women that come through our doors. But the, what she saw as a gap was their sense of self-confidence, mm -hmm. right? And so that tended to um, hamper them in some way. And so, you know, we can definitely continue to develop the pipeline of girls um, into those those careers, but we have to infuse it with self-confidence because uh, that is that is critical for um, any path that they take. They have to have a good sense of self. And so if we can continue to make sure that our program is holistic, mm -hmm. um, that they understand the world that they're stepping into and be supportive of that, that's why I think Girl Scouts is so important um, because it, it, it almost provides you a little incubator right, of, of friends that you can have and call on through your lifetime. And there's nothing wrong with that because, you know, if you have, mom, my mom used to tell me, if you have one good friend, you're doing a, a pretty good thing. Um, and so I think, you know, not to, we have so much programming, but we, we want to make sure that girls feel good about themselves, particularly in a world that may not be supportive of them. Um, it's, it's important for them to have the, the tools and the skill sets to deal with any environment that they find themselves in and um, feel like they can advocate on, on their behalf. And I also think it's our responsibility to not just do that for girls, but do that for the families and do that for um, the males that are involved in their life so they know how they can help the girls um, uh, build their skill sets as well. So we haven't really talked about you oh, okay. too much, um, but that's that's okay. But I wanted to ask, were you a Girl Scout? I was. Good for you. So that was, I'm guessing, a little bit ago. Oh, yeah. When did you come back to the Girl Scouts in this role? So um, my mom was my troop leader. Okay, um, and when she, just like a lot of people, when, when my mom decided to move on to other things, I just kind of went with her. So I, I went through... Um, being a junior, so I was up, went up through fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade, okay. years ago. Um, and I, I'll tell a little quick story if I, if I, I could. I would love that's yeah, I love stories. So <laughs> I, I shared this um, at our annual meeting, but we grew up. I grew up in Southwest Georgia, um, a, a very segregated uh, area. Uh, my parents were both professional. My dad were, was a uh, was the first black OBGYN in Albany, Georgia. And my mom was a school teacher. Uh, and he was always, he was, he was uh, uh, a post-civil rights. So he was always the first to do different things. And so when he moved to Albany, he set up his shop, and he decided that we were going to move to the good side, the uh, good side of town. And so I wasn't that um, excited about it because all my friends were where we lived currently, and I thought it was a pretty good place where we lived. But he wanted to get, have ac access to um, better schools. And so we moved there. Um, and he took me out of public school and put me in a private school, and I was the first African-American girl at this private school, and we shall remain nameless, in um, Albany, Georgia. So, Whew, big, so big you know, when you think about it, um, as, I, as I reflect upon it, uh, I didn't know, but at the time when we moved into our, our neighborhood, um, we couldn't find a real estate agent to show us the house. And the one real estate agent that showed us the house, he got fired. Yeah. Um, and there would be times where my parents would bought the house and then we'd come out and find notes on their car, you know, um, calling them names and that sort of thing. They never told me about this until later. Uh, when I went to school there, um, went to uh, this private school, nobody would talk to me but the, um, the janitors, right, and the school teachers. Um, my, 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 um, my classmates wouldn't talk to me. Um, it took a while for them to get used. So that was a difficult time. Um, I remember uh, coming home one day and I had a white Snoopy new, uh, new notebook 
and somebody had written a racial slur on it, and I showed it to my mother. My mother was like, okay, that's it. We gotta find something else for you to do. And so um, she uh, went to this church called Porterfield Methodist Church, and she said, I'm gonna start a Girl Scout troop. And I am gonna have my daughter in it and my friend's, my friend's daughter in it, and we're gonna have a whole diverse group, and we're gonna take this out of the school so that these girls understand and so that was my first experience with Girl Scouting. And, you know, I think 30 years later, yeah. <laughs> um, even now, um, families are having that same experience, yeah. um, and unfortunately. But this is a way to level the playing field. And for me, it was a way to level the playing field of being in a safe environment with girls who looked like me and girls who didn't look like me, girls who lived with me who didn't, and having those, those families cross that divide through this experience. Um, if we can do that every day at Girl Scouts, and particularly Girl Scouts Hornets Nest, then we've done our job. Wow. Um, that gave me chills because I'm th I, I can't imagine what your life was like. But when you sit there and talk about how no one's going to talk to you at school, mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that's, th that stays with you for the rest mm -hmm. of your life. That's, that's the one thing I keep on thinking about. Like, yeah, Daisy's at seven or at 11 or, or mm -hmm. you know, the different levels. Those relationships that you're building now, they will stay, the good ones and the right. bad ones will right. stay with you forever. Right. And so um, for you to be able to establish relationships through the Girl Scouts, mm -hmm. I mean, of course you got to love this organization. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's just mm -hmm. within you. Yeah. Um, and it is sad to think that we're still – that we still need the Girl Scouts to do that. Because mm -hmm. like I said, I think, oh, we've moved along, but we there's, there's, still, there's still neighborhoods that are racially yeah. segregated yeah. Um, and communities that are not interacting. And then you go to school, it's not necessarily, because there are people pulling people out right. and things like that. So, And if you can create an environment, because I, you know, I, I, will, I will say on, on the podcast that I am not a camper, but I support those who camp. So don't put me out there. Um, but if you go through an experience, I can relate to that. <laughs> I love our, I love our outdoor our leadership team. They are awesome. Um, but if you go through an experience that you haven't had before, you've been out of your um, comfort code, zone, your comfort zone, and you're with people that are out of their comfort zone, and you guys make it through. That's a bonding experience, and and we see that all the time. And I think as I reflect back years ago, you know, uh, my mom was not a camper, but we went to camp. And, you know, she made me stay. I didn't want to stay because it was bugs and all that other stuff out there. But but bonding with those girls in that moment, um, we really weren't, we were learning about each other. Um, and it didn't feel like we did, nobody, it didn't feel like none of, um, no one belonged, right? We were all this part of this larger group, this microcosm of being in a troop. So um, I think uh, the fundamentals of Girl Scouts is still very valid. I think our challenge, though, is to, with all the wonderful programming and all the other things that are available to all girls now, is to, to ensure that people know that's what we do. Right. That, that it's still here. Right. Uh, and that you've adjusted with the times mm -hmm. and that uh, girls are still going to develop the skills that they were developing in the past. That's right. Yeah, that you're still relevant. Yeah. So we'll talk more about all the wonderful things that you're doing. This is Pamela Escobar. You're listening to Do Good Charlotte. After the break, you'll hear about how you can lead a girl, invest in a girl, and then empower a girl. How many servings of fruits and vegetables should you be eating? This is a 60-second wellness tip powered by Ortho Carolina. 
The magic number is five. Three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruits have been connected to lower risk of certain cancers, stroke, and heart disease. Fruits and vegetables are a great source of essential vitamins and minerals in addition to plenty of fiber to maintain a healthy gut and reduce the risk of colon cancer. And they're high in vitamin C and potassium. If five servings seems like a lot, consider starting your daily vegetables with your first meal of the day. Snack on fruits and vegetables instead of whatever your current go-to snacks are. Use vegetables as the main ingredients in other dishes like baked goods and chili. And whenever you can, get fresh vegetables, especially in the summer when they are in season. This has been your 60-second wellness tip powered by Ortho Carolina, official team physicians of the Carolina Panthers and proud sponsor of the Queen City Podcast Network. For more tips or to make an appointment, visit orthocarolina.com. This is John. And this is Miller of the Charlotte Podcast, and we wanted to invite you to a special live recording of our podcast on July 12th. John, where is it taking place? Camp North End. At what time? 7 p.m. If people wanted to find out about guests, uh, how much, where should they park, all that stuff, where should they go? CharlotteHistory.com. That makes sense. <laughs> Admit it, staying informed is hard. There is so much information, it's hard to find content that speaks right to you. And local radio has left Charlotte behind. What if there was one place where you could find news, entertainment, sports, music, food, and comedy created in and all about the place you call home? This is the Charlotte Newsmakers Podcast. The Charlotte Podcast. This is John. And this is Miller. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte, the Yelp Charlotte Podcast. Welcome to Fun with Failure. This is your man, Colin Cole, and I'm bringing to you the Players Report. Welcome to the Comedy Zone Podcast. All right, we're back with Prime After Prime. The Advent Coworking Podcast. 1K, the 1,000-second podcast. Another episode of Cheers, Charlotte. Thanks for being with us. My name's Brian LaFontaine. This is You May Have Seen. This is the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina, changing the way Charlotte listens at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. What we didn't talk about before the break was that yeah, there's badges. I think people understand what the badge, how that works, and you have to complete something to get it. But then there's also uh, awards and scholarships that the, the girls can get through what they're doing. Explain the awards. Sure. So um, Girl Scouts has a number of badges for skills, right? But they also have what's called the highest awards, and you can get, receive a bronze um, at a thickest junior level um, and then a silver and then the gold award. And the gold award is the highest award um, a Girl Scout can achieve. And um, uh, it, to, to try to put it in context, it's a lot harder than the Eagle Scout, but if you think about the Eagle Scout, um, people understand that context. Um, and, and I have a brother, so, yeah, I, so you know I, all I of, totally yeah, understood yeah. that. And the, and the gold award is, is really, really tough to get because it's about take action. So it's not just the, that girls um, come up with a project, but they have to, to outline a project, they have to find community partners, and the, and the project itself has to be sustainable. 
So, you know, you know, those of us who are not-for-profits are trying to do community service and community partnership, that's hard to do. But we have a number of girls, I think we had 35 or 36 this year that got their gold award, and each of them um, across our region has a project that, has been, that will be sustained um, through their community partnerships that they've established. So these, these girls are, are phenomenal. We have everything from, uh, we had a young lady who um, realized that in her neighborhood that people did not have access to fresh eggs. So she developed a project where she would raise chickens and um, get the, the eggs to the folks who didn't have access. So when you think about what's happening in our region, there's so many food deserts where there's no Correct. fresh foods. She came up with a concept and did a partnership with, the, I think it was in Union County, um, and I th believe the name of her project was Protein to the People. So, so things like that. Um, you have so 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 she comes up with this idea, mm -hmm. set, discovers the need, yep. identifies it, yep. and then makes it happen. Yep. And then this isn't just some like high school project, yay or senior project. I'm done. I graduated. I'm off to college. Bye bye. This is okay. She can move on, but she's figured out a way to keep protein for the people. That's right. To keep sustainable, going. she would. So there's a um, a gold award committee that evaluates mm -hmm. all of these projects, and not only evaluates, but it pr provides the coaching support as the girl goes through the project, right? And if she has any, any difficulty, you know, having connections with the the community, um, you know, they're there to help help her guide her, not do it, but guide her through that process. So it, it is a you know, any gold award. Um, recipient will tell you how hard it is because most of these girls are in their are junior or senior year and they're already busy they're trying to get ready for college well they're um, applying to college they're applying to college application process all, all of that. that and they're still doing these projects and um, I think the neat thing about it is um, if you do a gold award you're eligible for the gold award scholarship so um, many of the girls have uh, had opportunities to win scholarships at the end of getting their gold award um, if any of them are going into the military that automatically bumps them up in rank so there's a lot of opportunities um, for uh, for girls to, to if they stick with it and um, they're actually actualizing what they've learned in, in the community. And, and Girl Scouting is really about community service. Um, they have an opportunity to be able to fund their college. So um, Gold Award is a great, great way. Um, and the girls that get it, they're, they're rock stars. They just are. Well, that's what I'm thinking. They're a rock star, and they're gunning for your yeah. job. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, if you can figure out how to establish something and run something, yes. then you can do anything. anything. Absolutely. So, yeah, they are rock stars. So how do I help rock stars how, or sure. create rock stars? What, what do you guys, how do you, um, how can someone volunteer and get involved? I'm so glad you asked that question. <laughs> so there's plenty of ways to, to get involved. The easiest way is to go on our website, right? So www.hngirlscouts.org. Um, it, it can show you a bunch of different ways to, to get involved. So um, obviously there is the, the tried and true troop leader who, um, who will volunteer to lead a group of girls um, mm -hmm. through a period of time. Um, we also have episodic volunteering. So that if you have a, um, a specialty that you want to impart upon the girls, so for example, in this space where you're talking about communications and podcasting, if you wanted to come in and do a workshop on that, we also have opportunities for that. Um, so you can engage at any time of the year. Um, we're always looking for folks to, to support um, the program delivery because the majority, if I would say probably 95% is done by volunteers. So we always, um, it's important, I think, 
um, we talk about currency in investing. Um, we need volunteers probably more than we need money. And I can't believe I said that on, on podcast. I but, can't believe you said that either. But, that's but it is, it's true. Uh, because but it's the a people organization. Are, exactly. Yeah. It, is a, it is a people-driven organization. Um, and, you know, people are our currency. And those, um, when you think about how girls have the experience of Girl Scouting, when you talk to uh, individual Girl Scouts, they always reference their troop leader. They don't reference the council. They reference the, the leader. And so it is important for us to make sure that, um, that the volunteers that come to us understand how important this is, that they're trained appropriately, that they have, they feel comfortable in delivering the program, that it's enjoyable for them, because if they're having fun, then the girls will have fun. I was going to say, I know, um, I know two moms that are troop leaders, and they are impressive mm -hmm. women. They're just they're always organizing, thinking of the next mm -hmm. thing. And then, yes, when you're talking to them, they're like, ooh, well, maybe I can do that with Absolutely. my girls. And so they are they are those, like, go-getters mm -hmm. for not just for themselves, but for, for usually, yes, their daughter's involved, but then they create this little community of right. all these kids. Right. So it's impressive. Mm -hmm. um, so you said that um, – so that's – I mean, that's investing in a girl. If yeah. you're taking your time and doing that and empowering a girl to – to learn how to do these sure. things. Um, let's talk about cookies okay. because um, I know it's a, it's, it's a huge, that's how everybody sees mm -hmm. you guys. Mm -hmm. um, how important is that for your organization? And what's the, what is the goal when you're having those girls sell them? So um, the, uh, we call it our product sale, the cookie sale, okay. um, because we have a fall sale. Um, and then we also have a spring sale, which is our, are commonly known as our cookie sale program. Um, oh, there's a fall sale. You sell other stuff? Yes. It, yeah, we sell um, uh, candies and uh, magazines. It's kind of a friends and family thing that happens in the fall. Very low key. Very low key. Okay. Um, so our product sale is very important to us because it really is about um, financial literacy and entrepreneurship. And what we what we train um, the girls and the volunteers to think of this as their business. So we train them um, on how to to do a budget, to do goals, um, to how to take that no and turn it into a yes, um, to have sales skills. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a whole curriculum that goes with it. Um, and one of the neat things that I think that my, my team put together is we have a cookie kickoff. Um, and so it's fun. It's like a carnival, but at each station, each, um, each girl is learning something about the cookie sale. How do you market what you're doing? Mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you bling your booth so that people come to you? How do you use our digital product and uh, make the, the best website that you can? So how do you engage social media? I was so going to say, this, I've seen some videos Yeah, with, it's like, some decent commercials. And, they, and these girls, they <laughs> these learn, once kids. they learn the basics, and most of them know more than the basics, they just take it and run with it. And I think the other piece that I think is really critical is that we have a safety component. So whenever we do this, we often invite um, the sheriff's, uh, sheriff of CMPD to come in and talk to, to girls and the parents about, if you are going door to door, here's what you do. Go in pairs, go in groups. Um, if someone says this to you, this is how you react, and that sort of thing. So right. the safety don't go can, inside. Don't go inside. Um, right. Make sure that your parents are with you. Um, in the same way, online, making sure that you're safe online. Um, I think what the other thing that was really um, fun, um, and uh, lots of lots of um, kids today don't know how to make change. We had a change state, making change station. Can you, if you've ever been to 
any place where you've had to make, and you've stood there and like, they don't know how to make chocolate. This no, is they a, don't. Yeah, because because everything is electronic. Well, and even because I'm at the store and I'm paying and I'm just swiping. Yeah, you're just so swiping. There's never counting or whatever. Like we find money on the ground, and I'm like, you can pick it up if you can tell me what it is. See, see, <laughs> and so we have we had stations for girls to 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 learn how to 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 make change. So, um, you know, the the cookie sale is incredibly important. It's a it's a it's a huge. Um, uh, revenue um, space for for us, but more importantly than that, it allows individual troops to earn their own money and for them to use those dollars to invest back into the community and invest in experiences for the girls. What it also does is it creates um, an opportunity for those troops that don't have financial means to be a part of Girl Scouts. So one thing that we do is that we have a commitment to serving all girls. So there should not be a financial barrier yeah. To, to, to coming into Girl Scouting. And so oftentimes we will start up groups in fragile neighborhoods and involve them in the cookie sale so that they become entrepreneurial. And it's not a handout. It is an opportunity for them to earn money, and then they get to decide how they use it and invest it because we want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to use and learn those skills um, equally. Last question. So uh, if I have a daughter and I want... I'm, I don't feel confident enough to start my own troop, mm -hmm. but I want to find a troop. Yes. Can I do that through going to you Hornet's Nest Girl, Girl Scouts? Absolutely can. Okay. Um, there is a online um, portal that we have that um, takes your information. And if you, if you have a spe specific area of um, uh, the region that you want to have the meeting in, or if you don't, um, we have access to all of that information. We can also tell you what troops are open um, how many spaces there are, um, age level, all of that information. So you can customize um, that experience. I will also say, for there, there are also girls who come through our program who don't belong to a troop. They're, they're called individual Girl Scouts. We call them indies. So they may, so if it, because it may not work out for the parent for them to be in, de uh, to be in a troop because of the time and the date and the place. But we have a number of girls who have taken the, jour the journey by themselves. And so they can craft their own experience um, through Girl Scouting, through programming, going to council-led programming, um, um, going to camp, going doing to camp. the other Absolutely. things. Absolutely. So you also have travel, which I didn't even get into, but I yes. thought it was super cool. Like, I think if when you travel, you learn more about yourself in, in a and short And I would say time. that's probably, if we talk about, there's 111 other individual councils. Um, Hornet's Nest Council is probably in the top three to five in terms of travel councils. We are, we ha our girls go everywhere. Um, they were, we just, took, we had a group that just came back from Mexico Mm -hmm. um, and then our next trip is going to be London and Scotland. Um, there are a number of troops who save over periods of years who take that money and they go. I was like, that's a lot of travel. cookie money, but yes. you're, that's what you're using it for. Yeah, you're doing absolutely. Them, giving experiences. them experiences. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think you're doing so much good. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your good with us today. Thank you for having me. Do you know someone else like Angela who's doing good in our community? Let me know. Tell me about someone or a nonprofit organization that should be heard on Do Good Charlotte. Reach out to me, Pamela Escobar, on social media. I'm Reporter Pam on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or go to the Queen City Podcast Network page and fill out the contact form for Do Good Charlotte. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. I'm Pamela Escobar. Thanks for listening to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. <laughs>